Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Seth Yolorda, and I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this week's message. Our prayer is that it will leave you inspired, encouraged, and challenged as you grow higher in Christ. And I also just want to ask that if this message is a blessing to you, that you would take the time to share it, to send it to a friend, send it to a family member so that they too can be blessed. Again, we thank you for taking the time to listen, and we pray that you are blessed. Talo falava, Manuela Zapati, feliz sábado, familia de Dios. Happy Sabbath, everybody, one more time. Can we just say thank you, God? There are so many reasons to bless the Lord, at least 10,000. He has given us breath. He has woken us up this morning. He has given us a family at Relove Church. The sound system works. We've got musicians up in here. The online family is tuning in. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. I am so honored and I want to thank Pastor Seth Yolorda. I know you'll have to watch this either live or archive somewhere from wherever you are sabbatical-ing in. But I am just so honored to meet the rest of the family. You see, I know some of y'all. I know my uh, pastor colleague here, Pastor JB, I've seen you on doing your thing. And finally, I get to meet the rest of the family. I've been hearing about Relove Church. I follow y'all on Instagram. Some of y'all don't even have IG yet. That's okay. I follow y'all on Instagram. Now I get to meet the rest of the family. I've known Miriama and her family, and I'm so happy to see my sister and her husband. And honestly, I've heard about this community. I've never been able to have a Sabbath morning with you all. And I just, you know, I see Keith Blanco. I'm doing my shout outs. I, I walked in here. I'm doing my shout outs. I walked in this morning. The first person to greet me was Janet Sosa. Come on, somebody. Yes, girl, be punctual. Be punctual. This is an encouragement for everybody. <laughs> be like Janet. Let's go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I, I got to put on my little name tag here. I get to join the family of God at Relove Church. The t- sermon title this morning, if you haven't caught on, is Meet the Rest of the Family. All right, we'll get into that, but why don't we bow our heads in prayer? Oh, Heavenly Father, may the, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable truly 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 oh lord may it be acceptable in my sight oh lord my god in jesus name amen have you ever uh, had to meet the rest of the family for someone because usually that brings up interesting emotions and certain planning and preparation, right? So you've met some of the family. You've met the ones that like instantly liked you or you had to be around them because of proximity. But now was a special occasion to meet the rest of the family, right? Okay, follow me in this feeling. And so, you know, there's some preparation and planning. Maybe there's a language barrier, so you pull out some phrases to learn. Or maybe there's a cultural, you know, training that you got to undergo with, I don't know, maybe it's your SOs, rest of the family. I'm not sure. Maybe it's because you're about to get engaged and you need to go meet the rest of the family. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's a good friend. And finally, you get to meet the crazy side of the family. You know, the uncle you've always heard legends about, myths have been told. And now finally you get to see them in person. I don't know about you, but there is something wonderful to be a part of the family of God. 
But there are pockets and portions that I'm hoping to highlight this morning with you so that you can see the love of God in a new, fresh, anointed way. So that's my hope. That's where we're going. We're going to places where I, I'm hoping and praying that it will be anointed by the presence of the Spirit of God to um, elevate the love of God. I want you to see an age, like a, a promise and a commandment, Exodus chapter 20. I just had it. Where did it go? Some of you memorized it because you grew up in a family like mine that memorizes verses and passages and sings hymns for family worship. Hi, mom and dad. You're back back there. Good to have you. Um, and we would just memorize this passage, okay? Psalm 23. Those are some favorites. But then there's this one that goes, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall work and do, because, you know, we do the KJV version. We really do. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work in it. <laughs> but on the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. And then this is the part of the commandment that I'm, I'm talking about. In it thou shalt not do any work thou, <laughs> you know, my message Bible here says you, <laughs> nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, which is such an interesting phrase, right? Manservant, but I'll just skip ahead. Nor thy female servant, nor any animal, nor any foreign guest visiting in your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, God blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. You know it, Sabbatarians. Isn't it interesting that God goes the lengths to describe the rest of the family while he's talking about the rest, the Sabbath rest of the family? Not just you, not just you and your spouse, two became one, but your children too. On the Sabbath, there is this equality there is this special glimpse of heaven and God's justice where the mountains are leveled down and the valleys rise up. There is this special sense of hierarchy equalizing. And there's this beautiful delineation of you and your children. That's right, kids. Let the children come to me, Jesus said. And your employees, the workers, the people you hire, even they get to rest. There's a sense of remember that everybody was created by the same one God. Remember, because in six days, God made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, and he rested. And even animals, oh my, wait, this is not an animal seminar or anything like that, but I really could go down this road, right? Like, come, guys, seriously. Your children, your employees, the animals, and even those who are not like you, the ones who don't have inherited rights to the land, the ones who the land treats differently, the ones who are different from us, those who are strangers within thy gates. I mean, this is the love of God. The God of Sabbath is the God who says everybody is equal. I love everybody equally. I mean, we all have different spiritual gifts. We have different strengths. The different members of the body, in a sense, different, but in a sense, equal. In value, in the light, 
in the love of God, right? This is basics 101. I'm talking to the SDA church and friends. But I wanted to bring up the rest of the family as God's command and promise talks about the rest of the family because it really just paints this amazing picture of Jesus and who showed us the love of the Father's heart. And it's one where, you know, when you look at the world, um, we're crying out for justice because there's spaces and times that are unfair. And yet here we have a God who says every member of this family is on level ground. And when it's family time to gather and to gather restfully, there will be a sense where you will feel it, know it, see it, experience it, especially. Everybody in the house of the Lord on his day for family day, that special family day, are equally loved. It, it's every day, but you get to see it expressed in a special way. So here's how I want to put it, right? Um, I think because I'm drawing from my own identity, I thought about this. For example, I come from a generation where my father, who I'm so glad accompanied me, he, I'll call you out, but I got permission to do it, he barely took his vacation days. Okay, he's a pastor, retired in October, and, um, you know, the mentality that I love and gained and hold cherish with cherishment, what is the word, <laughs> is that, you know, you hustle for heaven, okay? You grind in the grace of God, and you work for the Lord. You serve in his house and in his temple. But I had to fight to learn the rest of the commandment. There's a commandment in the commandment to work. Six days you should work. But then there's the commandment itself, which is to remember that there is a day, there is a space and time, a rhythm, where that work, which you do the rest of the week, needs to come to a full stop. And as pastors, it can be really tricky to differentiate how do you work as a pastor, how do you work as a music, okay? music minister? <laughs> how do you work as a music minister? How do you work as a media minister? How do you work as an elder, as a deacon, right? As an active member of Relove on the day that you don't work, that you rest. And so I would go on for a few years looking for examples and ways to harmonize that dissonance. So one of the things I decided was that I will take my vacation days. Let's just start there, y'all, right? Amen. <laughs> take the breaks given to you. I started there, and I learned that there are studies been done where it takes four days for the human mental, uh, like the psyche, to register that it's vacation time. And then it takes four days, usually in our culture, cultural and mental studies were done, to transition out of the vacation into work time. So essentially, if you have an eight-day vacation, you really didn't vacay. You spent four days transitioning into your rest fully, and then four days transitioning out of it to get ready for where you will return to work. And for the first five years as a pastor, I had um, a blessed 
10-day vacation time. So for five first, my first five years, and many of us here, I'm not complaining at all. Thank you, Lord. We gave blessings and thanks to the Lord to begin our time together. I am so thankful for this privilege to be a part of this family of God and the honor to serve. But I wanted to bring up the rest of the family because God cares for those in the margins and God cares for our rhythms in sync with his grace. So I had to learn, let's see here, what can I do to live a life that doesn't need escaping from on my vacation days? Is there a way for me to live a restful life outside of vacation? Is there a way to bring Sabbath into my heart every day? Because the way to spell Sabbath is really T-R-U-S-T. T. The way to spell Sabbath really is, I trust in you, God. You are trustworthy. I can put this aside when you tell me to and know that you're going to complete the work that you've begun. You are faithful to begin the good work you have begun in me. I can take my hands off something and know that your hand is still over me. The way to spell Sabbath, I learned, was T-R-U-S-T. And I had to learn to bring the Sabbath into my daily life and then to keep the Sabbath day in my weekly life. In fact, in the scriptures, there's a Sabbath year. Yeah, there's a Sabbath year. It's more than a day. Sabbath is more than a day. And in fact, to go further, every 49 to 50 years, there would be preparation and then experience of something called the Jubilee in the Old Testament. And they would forgive debts. Amen. They would forgive debts, y'all. They would forgive debts and they would forgive emotional debts in a very special way. Uh, anything's owed, anything that had been dividing the family, anything that had been lowering someone financially, you know what? You get a chance again. And I think it's really appropriate because I read somewhere on the internet that the Reloved Church is a place where you get a chance to fall in love with God again. You get to experience God's love again. And in a very special way, these Sabbath practices structure a way for us to experience God's forgiveness, God's justice, and God's rhythms of grace. So, you know, um, Exodus chapter 20. It says here the reason for the Sabbath. It says, because in six days, God made heaven and earth. And I thought about it and I said, you know, there are two passages in scripture where you get the, the Sabbath commandment. It's not just in Exodus 20. I'll read to you the second passage. If you have your Bibles charged or printed in front of you, <laughs> you can read it or just go to the next browser tab. Deuteronomy chapter 5 tells us the second version, and some of you know this, but I'll just read it in your hearing again. It says, keep the Sabbath day, right? And then goes on to the end of verse 15. It says, because, remember, you were slaves in Egypt, and your God got you out of there. So let's see here. The first version of the commandment to rest is because God rested after creation week. When my boss rests and goes on vacation, 
Man, the office just feels a whole lot lighter, okay? Administrative assistants or or employees who are not, some of you are self-employed. You're like, huh? (laughs) When the boss rests, the office just feels a whole lot lighter sometimes, right? But in the case of creation week, God said, you know what? I am going to rest so you get to rest too. Then in Deuteronomy chapter 5, it says, remember, you wanted rest. You were slaves in Egypt. You needed deliverance. You needed a reprieve from the brick quota of Egypt. You needed the rest. You wanted the rest, and I gave it to you. So you wanted the rest. So make sure everyone around you can rest. You You see the flow of God's grace? God gets to rest. So I get to rest. And if I, you and I get to rest, then everyone around us gets to rest. And that is the beauty of when God has the ox. (laughs) When God's got ox and he's creating the playlist and he sets the beat, you know, he, he determines our steps and orders them because he's got this rhythm that includes rest. I'm going to tell you something about this summer. This summer, I thought would be like, you know, not exactly like 2020, but I thought people would, you know, kind of just, no. I'm talking about wedding season. Wow, I have had near burnout at wedding seasons. And um, interesting enough, it was not my wedding, right? Okay, so I'm, I'm helping walking along life with other people in their wedding, and I'm feeling the burnout, right? I'm feeling the need to rest. How many of you had a wedding where you knew it was exhausting to plan? Okay, just raise your hand in your heart then. And some, some couples, if you've ever heard them talk truthfully about their wedding, they couldn't wait until it was done because of how much stress. And culturally, we, we hype it up in a way where, you know, it's really not restful. On this so special day where we commemorate love between two humans and their God in the presence of loved ones, where they become one, this special day, it should be so peaceful restful, enjoyable. And yet I have walked as a young adult pastor alongside some young adults who on their wedding day, woo, Dracula, right? Woo, that, I mean, boss baby doesn't have anything on them. This bride, this groom was stressing. Wedding season on a day when love is celebrated among us and our God and yet so much stress, so many levels of a lack of rest. So what's the secret? We gotta plan, we gotta prep, we gotta design the days ahead of the special day so that we can rest. Some of you are like, this is not a practical sermon. I mean, I know and I believe. I hear the theory and the theology. But, Pastor, you do not know the kids God has given me. (laughs) Uh, Let me introduce you to the rest of my family. (laughs) You're like, Pastor, this is real cute. But when I leave Relove Church and I open up certain doors, including the car door, the rest just goes out into the window or out into the wind. But, you know, there is a way to do it. And it's in the command. It says, 
six days work. And we think that it's separated from rest, but it's actually this work that God was doing. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He separated the, firm, the you know, that word firmament. I can't even pronounce it. Is it firmament? Pastor BJ, how do you say it? JB? JB. <laughs> Sorry, change your name. <laughs> You know, he separated the waters in the world and created seas and all the living things in them and land and vegetation and those to walk on it. And I'm telling you, God created it, designed those days the way that they did so that on the seventh day, he could rest, immerse himself and actually experience the fruit of his work. It's not enough to just hustle, 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 right? Even in the good things of God, we've got to sit back and design our sitting back. You've got to structure your Sabbath day so that when the seventh day does come, you can rest, I'm telling you, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom to apply it personally in your life. I mean, I can give you this and that, which worked for me, but maybe God can give you an even better personally tailored application for your life and the way that God's rhythm of grace will flow in your life and those around you. God rested so that I can rest. I rest in a way that others can also rest. You know what I'm saying? And we got to prep for it. We got to plan for it. So, I wanted to tell you about one of the craziest things that I've done in my life, and I promise you it has everything to do with this sermon, okay? Just wait for the end. I was studying in South America, trying to learn mi español, and I was traveling for spring break to a town on the border of Argentina and Chile, and it's called Bariloche. So, you know... We're poor students, so we stay at this hostel, and they're, like, promoting this activity called paragliding. We look at the pictures. It looks absolutely fun, right? I mean, parachutes in the sky. They're soaring. That sounds great for spring break. So we sign up for the paragliding activity until, and, and we're, we're having fun. We're having fun thinking about it, preparing for it, anticipating how wonderful it'll be until we walk out of the hostel and meet this group of people who hear how excited we are about paragliding and they show us a front cover story of a magazine where some adrenaline, adrenaline junkies had gone paragliding and smashed into the face of a cliff. That did not deter the young spirit in me, so we continued past that group and drove up to the top of this cliff and followed these only Spanish-speaking uh, guides, and I was just saying, I wish I had learned more Spanish at this point, and I really hope everything I have learned with me will come into fruition today. So I went up there, they put some gear on me with sign language and a lot of, you know, just like charades, we figured out that I needed to stand at a certain place and this expert in the sport would give me a sign. And I remember the word was, corre, which means run. So I was like, I know that. I've 
taken a year of beginner Spanish. I, I got that word down. When he says corre, I will, you know, participate in correr. So I waited and I waited. I had my gear on, everything. And in front of me was several, maybe a couple hundred feet for me to run. And I would be running off the cliff. And I remember looking down, and you could barely see the heads of people, okay? So this is how tall we were, and I was just waiting for that word. Someone else yelled out a word. I was like, nah, you are not the expert, and that is not the word. I'm waiting on the word from the expert. You're going to see where I'm going, right? So I was waiting and waiting, and we were waiting for a little while. So I called out to the expert. I was like, a guide, what's the wait? <laughs> the guide was like, there's a specific type of wind strength that we are waiting for. If you run before I give the word, it won't be strong enough and you'll be running off that cliff and falling down that cliff. If you hesitate and you run or, or you back off after you run, and when I say to run, run, do not stop running, go, the timing is critical. On my word, you go. And so I said, oh, okay, muy bien, gracias. <laughs> so really hoping I had gathered everything correctly. I felt like I did because my advanced Spanish class friend was translating for me. Thank you, Darlie. And we waited again. Sure enough, piercing through the left side of my ear, the word came, corre! Oh, ran so hard. I ran with all my might. These two feet were lifting up my Samoan calves. And I ran off that cliff. And you know what's so funny? Everybody who watched me said, girl, you did not stop running. You were like far off the cliff in the air and your legs were still running. You didn't even know you were off. And I was so glad that I did not die that day. Thank you. <laughs> because I had waited on the word of an expert who knew the winds and knew when to give the command on his rhythm, on his word. Corre or wait. You see, God has a rhythm and he has given his word. And it is critical, literally critical, for the health of our mind, body, strength to go on God's word, on his time, in his rhythm, to be in sync with the Holy Spirit. God isn't giving a command because, you know, he's an arbitrary dictator. It's because he's an expert. He knows the conditions of the elements around you, and he's a creator. He knows the conditions inside of you. He knows the rest you desperately need, the, the rest you desperately seek, and he has it. You can find it in him. Jesus says, come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest on his rhythm and on his word. Time doesn't belong to me anymore. You see, that's next level Christianity, right? Followership of Jesus. Time doesn't belong to me. My time, my time does not belong to me anymore. It belongs to the one who orders my steps. When he says, wait, I better wait. <laughs> yeah, I better wait. Don't go running. Don't go running off that cliff. 
Wait for the word, and then the adrenaline run and the thrill will come, and you'll be soaring on the wings of the wind because the God who knows the winds would have given you his word to run. Go on God's rhythm, family. He rested. We rest. We rest so that everyone around us can rest. Prepare for it. Plan for it. And you will experience an incredible blessing. You know, something else about that story is that I was standing on my own two feet, right? We are invited to hustle. But really, at the end of the day, Sabbath allows us to see for ourselves in a special way that even though we hustle, it's really heaven that made the hustle a success. Like, even though I grind, you know, six days a week, I'm grinding. But really, it wasn't on my grind at the end of the day. It was on God's grace. So to God be the glory. Great things he has done. Great things he has done. You know, the other time that God rested was when Jesus rested, laid in a tomb. Yeah, isn't that an incredible timing? That he would know that his disciples would need the healing hours of the Sabbath when he would be crucified on the cross. Of course he would be crucified on a Friday, almost going on to Sabbath hours. Allowing their heart to have the healing blessing, that special day of healing power to come into them in their grief and in their mourning. You know, even when things look tragic, I don't know what it is that you're going through, but even when things feel and are tragic, God's timing and his word and his ways can be trusted. The way to spell Sabbath is T-R-U-S-T. Jesus laid on Sabbath in a tomb so that we can find our rest. He rested at creation week and he rested even in death so that we could find our rest. Are you burning out? Have you burnt out? Are you doing something that God didn't ask you to do, trying to go on your own strength? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So I invite you, as Relove in 2021 continues to do this awesome work, to remember the rest of the family of God. This is a special kind of rest and it is for everyone. Are you getting it? The rest of the family gets the rest. And remember that this family has rest, okay? We don't just hustle and grind. We rest, and we rest on God's rhythm and in his word. So, oh God of rest, I pray for you that he will teach you how to find rest Um, rest for your souls, places where you're feeling weary and tired, holding on by a thread. I pray that God will teach us that he knows still the winds and the waves. He can calm the storm. I can tell you story after story, students, as you're getting ready to go back into school, guess what? You can still rest. You don't have to have a vacation to rest. You can literally rest because you have Jesus with you. You have a God who says, I'm with you wherever you go. The presence of true rest is with the family of God because it's in the presence of God. So I just invite you, you know, I don't know if it's work that maybe some of you work on Sunday. Some of you might be working tonight. Some of you might be where I don't know what your work schedules are. But I just pray that 
even on those six days, you'll have Sabbath in your heart, that you'll have rest because the one who gives it is with you. So um, I hope that you would gather restfully because you're resting fully. Is it possible to minister and rest after 10 years? I'm so happy to tell you, I have found a way. I have found a way to rest and to minister every moment of every day. Is it possible to parent and rest? Parents who are resting. <laughs> I am so thankful that you parents, you who are parents, amen, who are resting in God can tell the world around you, yeah, it is possible to minister, parent, hustle, grind, succeed, produce, and rest. We can be that beacon of light to the rest of the world because the rest of this family is radical, revolutionary, and something you have received. There is rest in restoration. But did you know that there is rest in restrictions? Nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. But that's the truth. Did you know that there's rest in restrictions, 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 restrictions? When your freedoms are restricted, you can still have rest in those restrictions. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You can have rest. When your freedoms are being restored, yes, there's rest in restoration. But Paul says, in everything, count it all joy. May the joy of the Lord be your strength. And as you wait on the Lord, he will renew your strength. No matter what you're going through, church family, find rest because you have found Jesus. In his name, amen.